Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have my friend, Christina Fox. Welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, Christina. Thanks for having me again. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, can you catch us up on what's going on in your life, marriage, ministry, and what ministry products you're working on? Well, my life has been a bit unusual this year, as I know it has for many of us. You know, with that big interruption to our life, um, I typically do a lot of uh, retreats and all of that has been canceled this year. Um, but I keep busy with my two teen boys who are both in a hybrid homeschooling program. So I have responsibilities there with their schooling. And I'm a sports mom, so I attend all the sport events and volunteer as the water mom for the football team. I keep busy at my church with teaching Bible study. Uh, and I continue to serve on um, the PCA's National Women's Ministry team, serving our women's ministries across the denomination. Um, and right now, I'm busy uh, getting the word out about my new book, The Holy Fear, which is on the fear of the Lord. I also have a children's book coming out in spring called Tell God About How You Feel, which is uh, like a discipleship tool for parents to help their children learn to pray to the Lord about their emotions. I'm also working on a project for Moody Publishers right now as well. So I am uh, keeping busy and I have the work never ends. <laughs> uh, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Well, that's that's great. Uh, one, wonderful to hear about what, what's going on with you, Christina. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about this book, All Holy Fear, Trading Lesser Fears for the Fear of the Lord, why you wrote it, and how you hope it'll be received? Well, I grew up in a church, and so I'd always heard that phrase, fear the Lord, uh, but I didn't really grasp the depths of its meaning or even like how it related to my other fears, um, even understand what that word fear means in that context. You know, growing up, I didn't understand that fearing the Lord wasn't the same thing as fearing a virus or fearing the loss of a job, and it's different. So this book, The Holy Fear, discusses those two commands that we see in the Bible that, you know, don't fear and fear the Lord. They're both very common uh, throughout Scripture. Um, You know, we live in a fear-filled world. We've certainly seen and experienced that this year. The Holy Fear looks at the fears that we experience in our fallen world and at the fear of the Lord and explains both uh, the difference between these, these fears and how they relate to one another. Because the Bible teaches us to turn from our lesser fears to the fear of the Lord. So I wrote the book to help readers understand just what it means to fear the Lord, why we fear Him, and, and how it relates to our other fears. And I hope that since we've all experienced some degree of fear this year, that the book will serve to encourage fearful hearts with the truth that there is one who is greater than all our other fears, and that he calls us to bring our fears to him and to respond to him with a holy fear. Yeah, that, that's very good. Well, how would you uh, how would you define the fear of the Lord? You know, what do, you, what, what do we mean when we say fear the Lord? 
Well, a brief definition is reverence. Uh, if you ask, you know, many Christians, what do they mean by the fear of the Lord? They would probably say reverence. That's the first one that comes to mind. But when we dig deeper and look at, you know, all the passages in Scripture that refer to the fear of the Lord, we see that it certainly includes reverence, but it also includes awe, wonder, love, adoration, trust, obedience, worship. And Charles Spurgeon referred to the fear of the Lord as shorthand for expressing real faith, hope, love, holiness of living, and every grace which makes up true godliness. And so I unpacked um, just the depth of, of that definition in the book. That, that's uh, that's really good. Uh, you know, probably one of my favorite verses on this subject comes from Proverbs 9.10. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. You know, people today want to say, I'm, I'm, I'm smart, I'm knowledgeable about whatever topic, right? Um, but here we see that the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of any, any kind of understanding, it begins with fearing the Lord, right? And, and understanding Him. And, and I, and I always just been struck by that because it's, um, you know, we, how do we know God, right? We know Him from His, from His Word and we know from, uh, Paul's epistles. You know that Christ is the beginning, uh, beginning and the end of all wisdom. Um, and so I just, I just always go back to this verse whenever I think about that this particular subject. So, yeah, what is it? Uh, how should Christians do battle against the fear of man? So the fear of man is one of those uh, what I would call a lesser fear. Uh, it's that fear we have, you know, when we fear what other people might think of us, or say about us. We want their approval and acceptance, so we have to go out of our way, you know, to gain it. Sometimes the fear of man in the Bible can refer to what others um, might do to us. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine twenty five says, "The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe." When I identify the fear of man in my own heart, I remind myself of who I am in God's eyes. I dwell on Him, His love, and His grace for me in Christ. You know, I am beloved by the King of the universe, so much so He sent His Son to die for my sins. So I remember that He is greater than any man. He rules over all of His creation. So when I'm feeling that fear of man, I run and I seek shelter in the Lord and who He is. Yeah, that's really good. You know, um, It reminds me, it reminds me, um, a few years ago, or even sometimes I'm, I'm afraid to be really bold on social media. And I just have to pray about that and just ask the Lord to help me to say, to say things in a graceful and a truthful way, but also, you know, to, to be bold when, when things do need to be said, you know, to, to say them, you know what I mean? And, yeah. We can so easily get into the trap. Well, I shouldn't say that because uh, I'm going to lose whatever friend or whatever. But honestly, like if that person is really our friend, um, you know, the, the Bible also say, you know, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Right. So so we should just like if we just pray through that and ask the Lord by his by his spirit to help us, he'll he'll help us to speak not only gracefully and truthfully, but also boldly, you know, and, and of course, we need to be careful about uh not, uh, uh, you know, being dogmatic about, you know, preferential or tertiary issues. I'm talking about being bold, you know, for the gospel and, and, uh, speaking the truth of the gospel and, and standing up for the standing firm on the gospel and those types of things. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a real battle, you know, uh, you know, that there's times when I'm writing an article or, or having to talk about something. I'm like, do I really want to go there? And I'm like, well, that's where the topic goes, you know, 
or that's where this subject goes. So, so that's where I have to go, you know, because that's where the Bible, if we're going to be faithful to the Bible, that's where we have to go wherever, wherever the scripture goes, right? As Luther said, uh, the diet of worms, you know, I'm captive to the word of God. So he was committed, right? To that, to that idea. I'm going to go however far the Bible goes and then I'm going to, I'm going to stop at what the Bible says. So. Yeah. How should Christians address fear of the future in their lives? This is another one of uh, those lesser years that I explore a bit in the book, and it's certainly uh, a big one for me. I often look ahead at the unknown future and worry that I'm not enough, I have enough, I won't be enough to face, you know, whatever unknown thing might come my way. And I often live future-focused, always thinking, you know, what if this happens or what if that? But when I turn from those fears to the fear of the Lord, I remember that, well, I don't know what the future holds. My good and sovereign God does. So I well in his character. I remember all the ways that he's been faithful in the past and I just respond to him in awe, wonder, love, trust, and worship. That's uh that that's so so important. Um I'm one of those people that uh plans ahead uh works. I, I told you before one of my new mottos is I work I, I, I work to work ahead. And by that I mean I, I just work to, to get ahead, you know, to get months ahead because it helps my stress level. But you know, in planning that I have to commit that to Lord because uh, it's so easy to get overwhelmed as you're as you're doing that and there's and there's dozens of things in my personal life where I could easily get fearful my you know I told you my my dad my both of my parents now have memory issues and that's not going to get easier uh, so fear of the future but I have to just remind myself like you said I have to commit that to the Lord I have to trust the Lord I have to trust that his and his, he is his character is trustworthy and true it's you know reliable and um it's tied to it you know his his unchanging nature um and so you know i can i can trust him like like what you're saying and whatever's happening you know he's he's faithful so that's really really good well in what in what way is the fear of the lord to be the posture of our hearts as the people of god well, the fear of the Lord is just really our heart's inclination toward the Lord. It's, it's just how we respond to Him. It's um, how we see Him as greater than whatever um, is going on around us. Um, it doesn't mean that our fearful circumstances all of a sudden disappear. They're still there, but we just realize and uh, see Him as greater than those other things. And we, we see this um, heart inclination or heart posture lived out in the life of uh, the psalmist um, who faced many fearful circumstances. But in the midst of that fear, he cried out to the one who is greater. He responded to the Lord with a holy fear, trusting in his great, holy, good God to be his refuge, to rescue and deliver him. We see the psalmist, you know, reminding himself of God's power, his holiness, his goodness and faithfulness. You know, even in the midst of his fear, we see him just praising the Lord and, and um, exalting him. Yeah, that, that's good. I, I'm reminded, you know, in, when, in First Samuel, um, you know, when David was following the Lord, you know, he he feared the Lord. He 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 appropriated who the Lord was into his daily life, right? And, and there's one text, I think it's in First Samuel 25, or maybe it's later in that. But anyway, he um he strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, he he reminded himself of all the Lord who, who the Lord is and what he had done on his behalf. And um, you know.
know, he, when he did that, you know, David walked successfully before the Lord, you know, he, he feared the Lord. And that's just such a, a powerful, uh, lesson for, for everybody, you know, in the, whether it's COVID or they have whatever's happening. Um, you know, if we strengthen ourselves in the Lord by reading and studying his word and spending regular time in his word, then that'll, we can say, we can sing honestly that song it is well with our soul, right? So. Yeah, I love that, yeah. Me too. In what way does fearing the Lord practically help the Christian grow in the grace of God? So, you know, the Bible teaches that we can learn the fear of the Lord. It says that in Psalm 34. Uh, so we do grow in our fear of Him. And it's, it's a lifetime process, you know, of applying, uh, as you said, you know, the Word and using the means of grace that God has given us through studying and learning more about Him, uh, just growing in our prayer life, worship, and um, just focusing on, on what we learn from Scripture, uh, remembering all that God has done for us. Uh, in Christ and, um, you know, preaching the gospel to ourselves in all those ways we grow in our fear of them. Yeah, that, that's really good. Really good. Well, what are some of the results of having a holy fear of God? So the Bible does, you know, promise uh, that we will develop uh, and grow fruit from our fear of Him. Uh, it produces a rich harvest in our heart. Um, we'll see, as we grow in our fear of the Lord, we'll see fruits develop, such as wisdom, as you mentioned, obedience, trust, humility, and holiness. Um, so those are some things that we can um, be grateful for and, and look for and, and just uh, really worship the Lord for as we see those things develop. Yeah, that that's uh, that's really good. You know, uh, I. I think that sometimes we treat obedience as Christians um, as a dirty word. You know what I mean? Like we think, oh, well, if I tell somebody to obey, they're going to think that I'm a, a legalist or, or something like that. And it's like uh, obedience isn't legalism. You know, if, if we understand that, first off, that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone and Christ alone, and that the spirit of God indwells us and empowers us uh, to that end, you know, and um, so obedience isn't a dirty word word it's it's a good thing it, it helps us uh as you as you just said it helps us to uh to grow to bear fruit uh god promises rewards um you know a, as a result of our union with him and uh i mean you wrote the book you wrote a book on this right so uh not only this one but another book on union with christ so uh that's that's just really really good and, and we need to go back to that right because we we forget to enjoy i think uh uh, one person said to me one time, he, he was old, he's much older than I am. Make sure, Dave, that you're enjoying, um, enjoying the, the, un your union with Christ. And, and that was a good reminder for me, you know, because we can get so busy writing and speaking and doing all those things, right? That we, that we forget just to enjoy God, you know, and, and just to appreciate all that he, he is for us. You know, he's enough. Just, just him being God is enough for us. That's a beautiful reminder. Well, here's a here's a question that uh, I, I've been thinking about a lot in these days. Why is why is waiting on the Lord a posture of the heart? Well, you know, sometimes we think of waiting as uh, sitting and doing nothing. Um, maybe like sitting in the doctor's office waiting room, waiting to be called. Um, but waiting on the Lord isn't something that's passive. Um, it's, uh, you know, in the case of our fears and the things that we might fear, you know, let's say we, we receive like a news from our doctor that, you know, there's some potential health 
health issue and we're waiting to receive you know, test results back. Um, and so that is a time of waiting. But in that waiting, um, we don't necessarily do nothing. We spend that time, you know, as we're fearful about what could happen. We spend that time in prayer. Uh, we preach the gospel to ourselves. We ask other people to pray for us. Uh, we continue moving forward with you know, whatever the Lord has called us to do with our life. Uh, we trust and depend on the Lord uh, as we wait. And so I would I describe this, you know, as uh, the posture of our heart is that we're waiting for Him, and it doesn't mean that we're necessarily doing nothing. Um, it's just how our how we uh, live out that time of waiting. Yeah, that's that's really really good. Um, you know, waiting on the Lord has been um, <laughs> a real challenge in my in my Christian life. Um, I when I graduated seminary, I don't think you know this, but when I graduated seminary, I started applying for pastor positions and. Boy, I got no after no after no, and then I got no on book proposals and and everything. Thankfully, that's since changed on the on the book proposal front. But uh, that was I made it really far in, in the process and uh, with both for a long time. And it was it, I had gotten to the point where I was, and I didn't even realize this until I got a, a proposal accepted. Um, where where I was so discouraged, uh, I was I was actually despondent. Um, and when I when I got that, you know, contract, first book contract, uh, I actually cried. I cried for, I don't even know how long, for hours, really. I sat in my office. I was in, unconsolable, really. Um, I mean, I was happy. I was joyful. But there's something, there's something that happens when you, when you get told no over and over again. And what, what I had to realize out of that was, um, you know, I'd made that an idol in my life, right? And I, I wanted it so bad. I worked so hard for it. And, and there's nothing wrong with working hard to that end, but I wasn't waiting on the Lord. And, and what to me, waiting on the Lord does is it helps us to trust him. Um, it doesn't mean that we neglect the, the 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 pain of rejection, but we we have a better understanding of it. And, I, and I've had to really think through this a lot for myself because um, you know getting told no and no and no and no and no it's it's really difficult. But actually, what I realized as I thought about this some more is you know all those no's are actually God's way of saying yes to me. Um, they're they're all yes. You know we believe that and I, and I, we we believe as reformed Christians that God is good and and that He's sovereign over all things and that He's in control and governs all things, upholds this universe by the word of His power and you know all those amazing things. But what what waiting on the Lord does is it reminds us that um, it reminds us of those truths that you know and we can go to the Psalms like you were talking about you know and, and wait on the Lord. It, it, what does it reveal? It reveals our trust in the Lord. It reveals our confidence in the Lord. It reveals where our faith really is. And uh, I'm telling you, as I, I think about that, um, I, I'm just reminded of, of even in the last few years, how I've grown in that. And it's helped It ha- it's helped for, for the anxious and for, I'm not saying it's like the only remedy for this, but for the anxious and especially the discouraged and the depressed, waiting on the Lord just really, really helps so much when you, when you really understand it. Thanks for sharing that. That's a, a great example. And uh, I can definitely relate to uh, some of what you were talking about. Definitely, the Lord uses waiting on Him as a, a time to uh, draw us to Him and to uh, sanctify us, for sure. That's good, too. How do the promises of God help the Christian face their fears? God promises many things to those who fear Him. Uh, these promises are 
wonderful. They're a source of blessing and grace for us. Some of the promises we find in Scripture uh, for the fearful, uh, for those who fear the Lord, is uh, finding satisfaction in God. Uh, he promises friendship with Him. He promises to delight in us, to teach us, to do good to us. Any one of these promises alone are marvelous in and of themselves. Who doesn't long for greater contentment or how amazing is it to think of God as our perfect friend? But all of these promises are available to those who hear them. And it's just amazing to think about them and meditate on them. And these promises, you know, in contrast to our lesser fears are a comfort to us and a blessing. And they really uh, help us um, just endure uh, the trials and, and challenges that we face in this fallen world. Yeah, that's really good. I, I'm reminded of, uh, of John, of John Calvin. And I often practice this before I go to bed. He would, he would run down the list of things that he learned that day. Um, so I just try to think, what, what did I learn today uh, about God, about his word? Or maybe I wrote about something or I had a situation and I just take that thing and I, and I try to just try to pray it back to the Lord. Um, and that, and what that does is it helps me to, to remember, uh, it helps me to remember the promises of God. It helps me remember the grace of God. It just helps me to, to, to even keep short accounts with God because maybe there was a, a situation where I acted sinfully or, or maybe God is showing me that in that situation I could have done, you know, better. I mean, <clears throat> we can always learn something from those, those challenging situations. And uh, this just, this just helps me. Um, it, it helps me to address, as I mentioned earlier, the fear of man. It helps me to, to, to be walking in close communion with him. Um, and, and, uh, it, it's really, it's really helped me a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I actually sleep better now, uh, as a result of this practice, uh, by and large. And, uh, um, so I, I would just commend that to our listeners. Where, where can people go to find out more about your work online, either on social media or otherwise? Well, my website is christinafock.com. I'm on Facebook under Christina Fock Author. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Christina R. Fock. Wonderful. I, I encourage our listeners to go there. You, you write very thoughtfully and well, and I know that uh, people are blessed by your work, including me. So I appreciate you, friend. Um, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's a lot that we could really cover about this topic, Christina. And just as we wrap up, do you have a few takeaways for our listeners? Well, I would say uh, to anyone who is feeling fears uh, today, uh, to take a moment and open your Bible to Psalm 27. Uh, it's a psalm written by David, who was uh, experiencing some significant uh, life-threatening fears. And so just uh, read that, uh, consider the fears that he faced there, uh, and then make a note and notice how he responds to God. Uh, How does he see God as greater than the fears that he's experiencing? How does he dwell on the character of God, of who God is? How does he respond uh, with the fear of the Lord? Do you see that in there? And then I'd say uh, consider praying a similar prayer. David prays yourself to the Lord. Yeah, that that's that's really good. Well, Christina, as always, I I, I appreciate your your thoughtful, careful biblical answers. Uh, uh, appreciate your time and uh, know that you're busy and pray Christ precious blessings on you, friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. 
If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.